0: On this week's Movie Hilo, we're talking Zoltar, disgusting beluga caviar, and heart and soul on a walking piano. Your wish is granted. This is Penny
1: Marshall's Big. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Movie Hilo, a podcast discussing the best and worst disgusting. A podcast discussing the best and worst that cinema Sometimes has to offer. Sometimes it is offer.
0: disgusting. <laughs> I do feel like this podcast
1: is getting more and more disgusting as it goes on. Um, before we even jump into tonight's movie, we should we we went and saw The Invisible Man mm-hmm. this weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. It was pretty great. Yeah,
1: I liked it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw it kind of late, so I kept dozing off, and I kept saying like I kept waking up with all the booscare moments, but there were some good
1: ones. It's just a cool take on it, and I, I really like what they did with it. And it was actually legitimately creepy and her performance was killer what are you doing you're looking
0: i'm looking on imdb but there you go here's one that looks up your alley the invisible maniac there you go honey
1: damn <laughs> i've never seen that but let's we should check that An outrageous
0: out outrageous lesson in physics and physiques
1: <laughs> we should um i i feel like that could make it onto the podcast at some point so anyways for this week the movie we're talking about is actually a classic film um Big, directed by Penny Marshall, released on June 3rd, 1988. This is a high episode, says who. Uh, The consensus at IMDb has rated this as 7.3, which I'm actually surprised it's that low. I actually, I'm surprised it's not higher. It's not in like the eighth somewhere. Mm. Um, But it's got a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It was nominated for two Oscars, uh, nominated for two Golden Globes, one of which it won, which was Tom Hanks for Best Actor. He was nominated actually for the Oscar too for this movie,
0: and he didn't get it for the Oscar. Didn't get the Oscar, but he got the gold globe. Who got the Oscar over him for this? I don't know. It's a
1: good question. I didn't that my research was limited to that. What
0: was it? Dirty Dancing.
1: I I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, the big, the classic coming of age story of statutory rape of a 13 year old boy. (laughs) It's what a what a what a great time at the movies. Well, it's
0: a lot of fun. It's a classic, and I'm surprised, like you said, that it didn't have a better score on. Rotten Tomatoes.
1: No, it's got a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's IMDb. Got, yeah, IMDb, know. I mean, I, I guess um, that's that's where it really separates the men from the boys. Mm-hmm. Anybody can, can vote on IMDb, and some people are just kind of cynical assholes. But it's, you know, it's a movie of the 80s. It's a product of its time. I mean, this movie is like patently 80s. It's very much like a time capsule when you watch this film as to how 80s it really is, which is part of what makes it awesome, especially for people who grew came up in the 80s and 90s. It's like a nice dose of nostalgia. Mm, Absolutely. Why don't you do a synopsis for us?
0: Joshua Baskin is your typical 12-year-old boy. He spends the majority of his time hanging out with his best friend, Billy, rides his bike, plays computer video games, and doesn't have the slightest idea of what to say when he's around a pretty girl. After suffering the indignity of not being tall enough to get on a ride at the carnival, Josh uses the mystical Zoltar machine to make a callous wish in order to be big. The unintended consequence renders Josh's transformation into a 30-year-old man overnight. Josh must now track down Zoltar to wish himself back or remain an ill-equipped man-child for the rest of his days. Will Josh be able to regain his youth or be sucked into the adult world for good?
1: Nice. Nicely done. I like the way you read a synopsis. You have you have all of the moves up and down the scale of oh baby, emotion. Baby, I got
0: all the moves and you don't even know. <laughs>
1: Um, this is alright so first of all it is a classic movie it's a great film Um, I, I, don't even think that's, I don't even think that's up for debate but I think this is one of those movies that's very fascinating there's there's a certain amount of movies that mean something to you when you're a kid when you see them and mean something to you when you're an adult I mean this is a movie that for, for all intents and purposes is meant to be watched for children it's a PG movie technically even though there's a fuck in it which is kind of surprising
0: oh shit in
1: the era of PG-13 movies Um, but it's a movie that's made for kids, but also plays on an adult level. So it's one of those movies that I feel like when you watch it as a kid, it kind of means one thing to you versus when you watch it as an adult, it kind of means another thing to you. So I posted this on Instagram the other night when uh, I caught, I happened to catch it on HBO. Um, and I think it a
0: coincidence when you were supposed to watch it and then it was on HBO.
1: It was on HBO and I, but we already
0: planned to do a thing for this. So it's a coincidence that you happened to see it on HBO when we were already going to be doing a podcast about it. That's funny.
1: So, but the, it's uh, a sign. The thing that I wrote, I wrote, I, I happen to post this on Instagram. The three lessons learned from big watching it as an adult. Lesson number one, you become an adult all too quickly. Number two, people who know nothing can somehow feel upwards. And number three, sex turns you into a giant asshole.
0: Feel upwards, exactly. I know. It's like, it is all too convenient how he gets that job and everything. It's like, really? It's like, <laughs> oh, George Washington. Oh, I went to the It's like probably George Washington Middle School, but it's like right, exactly. George Washington University or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm a George Washington man too. Yeah.
1: And it's, and, uh, there i mean obviously there's there's a level of don't you of, work
0: for me are you here with your kids or something no
1: there's a whole level of convenience of things that just have to it's
0: like if you were an actual ceo perfectly. and you ran into this shit you probably wouldn't be so inspired and like oh wow look at he's just trying to really get in on the perspective of a child from their point of view like but it's also a,
1: it's also like it's like it's, wow this guy's a little bit
0: crazy yeah
1: but it's also a toy company it's like wish fulfillment it's like the of the greatest job that a kid could get is to yeah. work for a toy company. It's kinda of
0: like in Home Alone where it's like you get to the hotel suite and I think, of course, yeah, I know you get to have ice cream and pizza and whatever the fuck you want. It's
1: just it's just one of these things where, you know, um, that I mean all of that stuff has to be has to come from a level of suspending disbelief that okay, right. we're gonna go with it for the for the sake of the story. Um, I got a lot of highs written down. I think the first place to start, which is gonna be, again the most obvious place to start in terms of highs for this movie is the performance by Tom Hanks.
0: Right, obviously Tom Hanks' performance is legendary in this role.
1: And it's and it's one of those things where the thing that makes it so great is that, and this is stating the obvious as far as I'm concerned, but the thing that makes it so great is the fact that he's consistently convincing as a 12-year-old boy. Well,
0: right, because Tom Hanks has always been, honestly, one of the things that I think he's been typecast as throughout his career, even after Forrest Gump, is the boy next door. He's very clean-cut, good-natured. Like, you think of Tom Hanks, you think of the good guy. You think of the guy that would hold the door open for your grandmother and help her push in her chair, like, has manners and is respectful and polite and charming, and, like, that's what you think of when you think of Tom Hanks. So it makes sense, you know, based on his persona and his image of what he plays in movies, that he would play this role. Because he's very boyish in a lot of his charms. But, like,
1: has to actually be, like, childish. Right. Like to But, like, in a way that isn't... um, I don't know, how, like the balance of what he's doing in the movie is really good because it's authentic. It, it, it just feels like he really behaves as like a twelve-year-old trap. A twelve-year-old, like even even down to like his his mannerisms, his body language. The the scene that I wrote down that I think is like the the first one that really sells it is. When, he, when they go to the St. James Motel and he has to stay there by himself mm-hmm. and and you see him like in the room all by himself and he doesn't know what to do with himself and he's kind of like sitting down in the chair and the way his hands are mm-hmm. and then he gets scared because he's hearing the people arguing mm-hmm. and the gunshots and he moves. It's very believable. He just, you just look, it's like, oh, you just buy that he's a little kid and the whole thing throughout the movie is it's so consistent that you always believe that he's really a kid in a man's body. He's the way he's behaving and the, the way that, um... He's crafting the performance is really authentic to, you know, he's tapped into his inner child in this movie 100%. I think I was reading about how they talked about how they would keep David Moscow, who was the kid who played young Josh in the mm-hmm. movie. They the would one keep that Looks him. like the kid from that thing you do. He does. He does look like Thomas Everest. Uh, Thomas Everest is that like, his name? I don't know, Thomas but he Everett.
0: looks like the guy that ends up being in that thing you do. Which you said, Rita Wilson is the one that convinced him yes. to cast him because she said because you look like a younger. Yeah. He looks like a younger you. Yeah, that's. But it. he was going to cast him aside, and then it's like, no, actually his wife Rita Wilson said that he looks a lot like a younger version of you, so you should cast it. It's a him. weird connection. But he looks like he does the, a younger version of that actor. He does, like the the,
1: the drummer from that thing you do. He really does. Um they would keep the kid, that kid David Moscow, they would keep him on set for scenes that he wasn't even in. And what they would do is they would let him perform the scene and Tom Hanks would watch and then they would you know then he would do the scene, kind of almost imitating the behavior of that kid. So they would. he was looking for the authenticity of like, how would a 12-year-old act in the scene? Do you, know what I'm, do you know what I'm trying to say? Is that right. there would be scenes that he wasn't in, that Tom Hanks is like in, and they would play the scene out with the kid there. Tom so Hanks would watch the be, kid, right. and then he would go and perform the scene right, afterwards. Right. Which I think is kind of cool. That's like yeah, a, an interesting way to approach it. So the Zoltar machine, we should talk about the Zoltar for a second, mm-hmm. because one of the things that I think is really cool about the movie, it does a cool thing where it doesn't skimp on setting up the movie and like getting you to understand the characters and the scenario, but it moves pretty quickly. I mean like Tom Hanks, like we, this kid is turned into Tom Hanks by like minute 10 of this movie. Mm -hmm. We're already into like, okay, boom, he's transformed and now he's an adult and and we're we're, we're in the the thick of it. Well, that's the thing. I I even think the wish in and of itself is kind of funny because he's wishing he's the, the wish comes from the fact that he can't get on the carnival ride. He's too small and it's like, embar- it's humiliating because he's standing next to this girl that he likes mm-hmm. and he's too short to get on the friggin' carnival ride. So he makes the wish to be big, which is up for interpretation right he, i think he means it, he could have just easily taller. he could have easily just said i wish to be taller right exactly he could have just ski his way in, into a <laughs> completely different plot if he just changed the wording of his wish i guess if he just wished to be taller I-, I wish i was a little bit taller i wish i was a baller i wish i had a girl who looked good i would call it wish i had a rabbit in a hat with a bat six
0: I wish I could be taller, not necessarily big, like, old. but Yeah, like,
1: yeah. yeah. I think Zoltar was kind of fucking Got with 30. him a little bit. So, real quick, though, two two funny things that I always think about. Um, well, not even really. One of my, what, like, a great family guy bit. There's, and there's another one we'll reference later. But what a great family guy bit that I always think of is, I remember there's a, there's an episode of Family Guy where Stewie, there's like a cutaway where Stewie goes to the Zoltar machine and he's like, I, I wish I was big. And then like the Zoltar machine <laughs> gives him the thing and it says, I wish I could weigh people.
0: <laughs> I wish I could weigh people. Yeah.
1: Like I wish I was a scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, the, yeah, the Zoltar kind of became like a classic thing. I mean, that's now you see that. I mean, there was always, I feel like the Zoltar was invented for this movie, but you've always seen something like that at a carnival. And now like, You would see, after Big came out, you'd see Zoltars everywhere. It was like a thing.
0: I I vaguely know of it, and I don't know if I remember that it was named Zoltar, but I remember being in arcades plenty of times because I have older brothers and, like, seeing the fortune teller thing that, like, it looked just like that. It was like the stupid little fucking fortune teller inside a box where, you know, you put in a coin and it tells you your fortune, which usually came in the place of a card. It was usually a card. And you have one that you saved in your wallet even that you got from good times back in the day. Mm -hmm. It was a fortune telling machine. I mean, it's that it's that idea. It's so chintzy, but it's like, what if it actually came true? I mean, look, all this, and then you find out it's unplugged, like, ooh, it's it's why is it working then? It must be, you know, some sort of magic. And, yeah, you know, that's the whole premise of the movie.
1: So another one I wrote down was I think the the script is another big high for the movie. The script was written by um Gary Ross and Ann Spielberg. Um Gary Ross is, would actually Is that
0: Steven Spielberg's wife?
1: It's Steven Spielberg's sister. Oh. She she was one of the she was the co writer. Let me just make sure I got that right. Yeah, Gary Ross and Anne Spielberg. Gary Ross would eventually go on to write and direct Pleasantville. He actually became like oh, a okay. a big writer after this, but um I think this was like his first feature script and then Anne Spielberg was even Spielberg's sister who co-wrote the movie. Um and the script is great because for I mean for it does it does two things that I think are are really important as far as like when you're making a movie like this. Um, it's funny it's it's consistently funny and even like you know 30 ish years later it's still a really funny movie mm. but the thing that it really does well is it does a really good job of balancing the fantasy element of the story with like some of the deeper meanings to the movie it's got, it, it, like it, it strikes that balance fairly well where you know you're watching it and you're just enjoying it on this level of like it's a pure fantasy it's a little kid who makes a wish and turns into an adult Mm -hmm. and the hijinks that ensue but at the same time it's kind of telling a deeper story like I was saying earlier when I think when you watch this movie as a kid versus when you watch it as an adult when I was a kid the message I got from the movie was like don't be in such a big rush to grow up Mm. right and then you watch it as an adult and the message kind of feels like it's don't lose the inner child that's inside of you. A little of bit you. of both, right. You know, so it, it and it does that kind well, of... Well, it's
0: like The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Yes, yeah. It's a very similar idea.
1: Yeah. and I, Which it, is
0: why it's a beautiful story.
1: Yeah, but it's just, it, it does a good thing of not being up its own ass with the message that's like hitting you in the face. I think it comes right up to the line of, you know, there's like the scenes at the end when he's walking back in his old neighborhood and he's looking at the, you know, he's seeing all the kids and he throws the ball back and... That he's starting to realize that he is longing for the the part of his life that he didn't get to live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lost youth. It comes right up to the line of like maybe being a little too on the nose, but mm-hmm. it does a good job of being able to have fun while have a message underneath, so that the fun feels more earned because there's something underneath it. Yeah, it's not absolutely. just Tom Hanks doing fart jokes as a I'm I'm 30 but I'm really 12 type of thing. But at you know having something underneath it to support it while not, like I said, getting up its own ass with the message and still being able to have fun and play on that level. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a nice balance of being able to be fun and have a message at the same time.
0: And if it, there's anything about it that seems a little bit cheesy or corny, I mean, it's like you have to think about Sign of the Times. I mean, this is the late 80s and it's coming out this kind of movie, so there's definitely going to be things about it that are dated or feel a little bit cheesy. but well, like there were tons. Because of the time you know it's done, It's like it's, it doesn't feel overly that way.
1: And the 80s was kind of like <clears throat> ripe with... These John Hughes movies? But not even that. Like, these body swap movies. Like, there were tons of them at that time. The there Parent was Trap. And the, the, yeah, the, the, not the Parent Trap. You're thinking of um, Freaky Friday. There was one with Judge Reinhold and I think um, Fred Savage. And I forget what the hell that one was called. Um, Freaky Friday, which I think might have been even in the 70s, but maybe it was like the late 70s, early 80s. There was... Um, there's one with Dudley Moore. I, I I really can't even remember the titles of them, but I just remember the '80s was like rife with these body swap movies. They were like kind of a thing that was happening at that time. And even though this isn't, I mean, it's this is sort of a body swap movie in a in a in a weird way. He doesn't necessarily swap with another person, but he transforms into an older man overnight. And this is the one that I think had the most resonance with an audience because specifically because of the fact that there was a real kind of good story underneath it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's fun, it's charming, it's endearing. It's fucking Tom Hanks. I mean, he's like the male version of Julia Roberts or whatever, like American America Sweetheart, Sweetheart. Like but the male version. I mean, it's Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? You're you wrong. Do
1: you have a favorite Tom Hanks performance?
0: Probably um Forrest Gump. I mean, who didn't grow up loving that movie?
1: Well, he also the thing the thing about him I think is for a long time, at least in this part of the 80s, was kind of doing like a you know, he came off of Bosom Buddies, which was mm-hmm which was like a like an 80s TV show, he was kind of doing like the, the comedy shtick. He was doing like Bachelor Party. He was doing, uh, I think, Turner and Hooch, which may have came after this. But I think this was like one of the first movies where people were starting to see that he had like a bit of a range. Because mm-hmm. he hadn't really done anything dramatic up to this point. Nothing like really dramatic. And then, of course, now this is 1988. In 1993, he wins. he actually wins his first Oscar for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see him... In this movie, transitioning into a more serious, even though he's doing comedy here, you're seeing that he's got like this range that he can, you know, uh, eventually build Street's
0: on. A fit, a
1: <laughs> I always think of the South Park. The you come do it, broken with the sandwiches.
0: Name is Jared, Jared, in subway nights, nice, cold and low. No one lets call us home. Like sandwiches with cream cheese. Desensitized to violence, eating Oreos.
1: So that was when he goes to the St. James Motel, yeah. and th- I, I think right.
0: And then it shows like later, he's like. In the beginning, he's so like freaked out and he's crying. He thinks he has a gunshot and he's scared and all that. And then later, it's like he's eating Oreos, he has gunshots, he even fucking carries on face. And it's kind of it's, it, <laughs> it
1: also. It. I think that's kind of cool because it it that speaks to the the the
0: hardening. He's toughening up, but
1: not even that. Just just how kids are adaptable. How that first night he's there, it's an unfamiliar place and it's scary to him and it's freaking him mm-hmm. out and he's playing it like a scared kid who. He's not, he's or maybe
0: it's 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 a testament to him toughening up, less to how adaptable kids can be, and more about that he's toughening up. He's used to being in that surrounding now. That's yeah, like he's it's not it's not
1: it's not new or scary to him anymore. Plus, he's also sitting there eating Oreos and watching TV without <laughs> mom coming in and telling him it's time to go to bed. It's kind of like ah, fuck it, I don't yeah. care about the shit. Actually, going on yeah, no, because
0: that happens at the beginning of the movie is that the mom comes in and it's time for bed. But and he and has to share his
1: bed with his, this, or his room with his baby, baby sister. sister. Yeah, that's that was what happens weird. when you don't grow up with a lot of money. Damn. One thing I thought was really so. This is, and you know, obviously, you and I are big Sopranos fans. Like, a bit. I just wrote this down as soon as I saw it because it's like it it almost escapes me when I think back on it. That you got Feach Lamana and Vin McKazian, Robert Loja. Loja. That's that's that's,
0: look, it's Robert Loja. Oh, oh, is that Robert (laughs) Loja?
1: That's the other family guy joke I wanted to reference when they're doing the thing. Like, there's nothing worse than being stuck. And and a bank teller line behind Robert Loja. And then it cuts to him and he's like, hi, I'm Robert Loja. Can you spell that for me? Certainly. That's Robert Loja. R as in Robert Loja. O as in, oh my God, it's Robert Loja. B as in, by God, that's Robert Loja. E as in, everybody loves Robert Loja. R as in Robert Loja. T as in, Tim, look over there, it's Robert Loja space. L as in look, it's Robert Loja. <sighs> um, but no, you got Feech Lamana and Vin McKazian in the form of Robert Loja yeah. and John Hurd. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, Together... Oh, he's dead now? He died. He died a couple of years ago. John Heard. Well, John Heard. yeah. The guy
0: that plays Kevin Kevin McCall- dad? You, I, you think Aww. of two people. You
1: think of two people when you think of John Heard. You either think of Kevin McAllister's dad or you think of the crooked cop who sold out Big Pussy and gave yeah. Big Pussy to Tony, Tony Soprano as an informant. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool just seeing Feachlon and Vin McKenzie. Yeah. So the rest of this episode... With much love and respect to to John Hurd for the rest of this episode, anytime I reference John Hurd, I'm going to be calling him Vin McKazian because mm-hmm. that's who he is to me. The
0: Sopranos. Okay, yeah. got it.
1: So I, loved, I, I just loved seeing those two together. There's one scene that this is like one of those random things that I just wrote down because it just like cracks. It's one of those... I've seen this movie so many times, but this one small idiosyncratic thing, every time I see this movie, it just cracks me up. The scene where... Tom Hanks and Vin McCasey are playing racquetball, and like it's it's like it's like after he's kind of gotten with the um, right his girlfriend that's yeah his, that's his so now it's ass. now it's like a challenge like yeah. the two of them so they're playing racquetball and Tom Hanks is like almost beating him at one point and and he serves and it's and he calls it Tom Hanks is like oh it's under the line you said it's under the line it's my serve and he's and they get into this big fight and it becomes this whole thing where you know, Tom Tom Hanks is trying to keep the ball away from him mm-hmm. but there's this... <laughs> you see. You see, like, as they're fighting, they're fighting like little kids, mm-hmm. you know. And Tom Hanks is a little kid, mm-hmm. and Vin McCasian's acting like a little right. kid because that's how we so all Tom are. Tom Hanks is egging them on. You know, and you're starting to see, like, this this crowd gather to watch them having this ridiculous fight. <laughs> this is this great line where it's off camera as you're watching all of the people gathering, but you just hear Tom Hanks going, This guy cheats. He's a cheater. This guy cheats. Cheater. Hey, Give it. me. I do not cheat. This cheats. Every time I every time I see it in the movie, it just cracks me it up. Is,
0: it's funny.
1: All right, why don't we why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. We'll do some more highs, and if there are any lows, okay. Do you have any lows I for had this a couple. movie? I not have not big ones. I got well. This will be funny. This will be interesting. Not so. a lot, but yeah. yeah. This, it's hard. It's this one's hard. Even though.
0: the movies that we've done that have been low so far, I still have more highs. Yeah. There's still more things I can find about them, even with their shit movies that are endearing. I've noticed
1: that about you. You have you. Have I a, guess
0: I, I guess I'm more of a half. You the have glass a sunnier, half full. yeah.
1: You have a sunnier <laughs> disposition when it comes to even even stuff that's garbage.
0: Not about everything in life, maybe with
1: movies. Movies, at least. All right, we'll be right back, and uh yeah, we'll be back in a few. I am at a girlfriend of Tuskegee. She said, "A Tuskegee, a biscuit, ice cream, soda, perfume on the top." Ooh, Jalita, walking down the street, ten times, twenty. I'm in it. I said it. I
0: stole my mama's credit. I'm cool. I'm hot. Suck you in the stomach three more times.
1: So let's talk about some great scenes from the film. I think. There's uh, plenty of great slash classic scenes in this movie. I mean, the first one. Absolutely. The first one that I think, even if somebody's like vaguely familiar with this film, I think the first thing that anybody thinks of when they think of this movie is the dancing on the walking piano scene. Right. Um in the toy
0: store. You were
1: saying though before that it's it's like uh, the the convenience of the way that he's able. Well, to... Well, like of
0: course they both know the song. Well, I mean it's a simple song. So isn't chopsticks? But like you have to bank on the fact that they both know those simple pieces and right. how to play them in the same time and like are going to play perfectly. So it's like oh of course like they just both play perfectly. But for no, but other, you like. but,
1: but you were saying before even like the fact that he wins the, like the that he's so childish enough to win the CEO over is a convene as a plot convenience versus like the hard boiled or hard nosed CEO versus who Robert Lozier is playing in this, which mm-hmm. is that he's just so charmed by Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. You're like a little kid. Right, you- he's
0: so used to being around sick of fans that he's not used to somebody who's just genuinely. Yeah.
1: Like even when they first meet, he, r- he literally runs into him and knocks him down mm-hmm. and, the, uh, Vin McKey, which had to
0: happen, so that when he runs into them in the toy store, he he be like, don't you work for me? Don't you work for me? Right, because otherwise, how would even know him? Right? But
1: Vin McKey and says he's like, oh, like, he's the like plot. You, that you writes, just yeah. you just ran into this guy. I
0: like. Uh, let's speak about um, uh, John Lovitz. <laughs> He finds out how much he makes. He goes, hundred eighty-seven dollars." He's like, "I know
1: they screw you, don't uh, they?"
0: <laughs> I know, And damn. It's like, wow, money.
1: I think it's even funnier. There's, a, there's a couple of <laughs>
0: fucking John Lovett. There's a couple. Oh, if you feel you, you talk to her, the right way, well, she'll spread her legs. You well, won't talk to her then, or whatever.
1: <laughs> he goes, he goes, yeah. She'll wrap you in your legs so hard, and he's like, "I'll stay away from her." <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> it's
0: supposed to be a good thing.
1: Because he's a little kid, he doesn't. I know. Man, that's scary. I don't I know. know about that. I know. Um, but the. The dancing on the piano thing, it's its like, that's a very kind of charming thing. I think uh, production-wise, I know that they said that those guys, you know, Robert Lozier and Tom Hanks actually performed that. They had stunt guys or like doubles that were there to be able to do it if they couldn't perform it. Like but the they piano were, thing? Yeah, they were dead set on actually being able to perform Why, it. So I, they had to practice it together. They probably
0: did. It's cool. It's It still
1: holds up as a cool scene. Like, it may be cheesy to a certain degree yeah. but it's kind of like when you watch it know, it like, reminds oh, it's awesome. me it's
0: it's like the same level of notoriety as risky business and Tom Cruise just iconic Bob Seger
1: yeah yeah it's a nice it's um, like one of those scenes music to movie like sometimes you, right. th- when you think of certain songs like anytime I think it's stuck in the middle with you like right. boom I'm in Reservoir Dogs right um, it's one of those things you think of that song you immediately think of of this movie mm-hmm. which is which is cool and it's just and it's kind of it's a nice way to ing- he ingratiates himself to Macmillan and then is able to move up the ladder where he's just a data entry guy. Mm. You know, and now all of a sudden he's the vice president. I know,
0: that's why it's like, do you have to play with everything? Cut to him playing with everything. Like, I think it's <laughs> yeah. so funny.
1: Yeah. Um, another classic scene, I think, is the company party scene. When he shows up in that crazy, fucking triple
0: dipping his carrot, yeah. <laughs> the, he's like, and they're just looking at him like, really? It's like one of those things you just don't do as an adult. You don't fucking triple, <laughs> quadruple, but he's death. doing
1: he's doing way worse than that. He's taking like the the celery sticks and he's just licking all the cream cheese <laughs> out of them and then like discarding the celery,
0: right? Like the way a kid would do, you know? Like, like I don't at like our school part. when we serve snack and we have oranges, it's like we always have the kids that eat the oranges and then put the fucking peels back into the container where they got. It's like don't stick your dirty ass peels that you ate the orange off of back into the container where you got the oranges It's like that's like the way a kid would eat that's right. like the whole joke
1: right he's um it's like
0: the, Ew, you got to pick your plate like the, i don't want this the best is when he when he when he's, he's eating little corn the, the baby <laughs> corns and he's eating it like
1: corn on the cob Yeah. <laughs> apparently that was like a a uh, An improv, improv. I believe from, it. from from tom yeah, Hanks. i
0: believe <laughs> it but it's it. so funny
1: and then obviously when when um penelope what the hell's her name penelope
0: the chick in the movie. Yeah, what's? I her don't name? know what the actress's name is.
1: Uh, when when she what's? I was I just said it a few minutes ago. Elizabeth Perkins. Why am I calling her Penelope? I don't know. Jesus Christ.
0: Penelope Cruz.
1: When Elizabeth Perkins. Open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. That was good. Open your eyes. That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Losing momentum. I know. More
0: like choosing momentum.
1: There it is. <laughs> Uh, when when Elizabeth Perkins, yep,
0: blabbermouth guns. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: another Sopranos line. Have any of our Sopranos? One of these days are we're gonna do Sopranos. Podcast. Well, no, there's a lot of Sopranos <laughs> podcasts out there. Um, props, <laughs> props to Potta Bing. I'm a big Potta Bing fan, um, but. Uh, we we definitely, before Many Saints of Newark comes out, we should do a Sopranos month.
0: Um uh, we asked sure, yeah. Uh,
1: where we just like we'll pick like four seminal episodes. There are a of lot of things
0: I could say right now <laughs> that I am not gonna say. never
1: had the makings of a varsity athlete. <laughs> uh well let's not go down that rabbit hole because this this whole thing can turn into a Sopranos podcast. What? You can like have a
0: sleepover, you're gonna play Name That Pope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't shit. And really, right? Um, all right, all right, we're doing your I know, I know it's, it's very embarrassing. Um, so no, then the other part when Elizabeth Perkins shows up and, and is like, Oh, they, they get this great beluga caviar every time, uh, every party, and he fucking eats it and he's freaking out. He's like, ah. He's just like spitting it out. Like, he's like, You got a milkshake,
0: <laughs> and she's like, You want to get out of here? Want to go fuck basically? Basically, yeah. so we should talk. That was another. GTF, that's another.
1: That's another great scene. The sleepover scene. Mm. When you want to sleep over, right? When 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 they get back to the house, she's like, "I don't know if we should do this." And he's like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Stay the night." And he's like, "Oh, you want to sleep over? I get to be on top."
0: Mm, I know, and she's just confused. Like, do you mean it? Like, I mean it? But
1: it's so funny because like the 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 way that that whole scene plays mm. out is she's expecting one thing. She's expecting like you know this guy is gonna take advantage of me or, or she, wants, she wants I'm vulnerable to. right now can't yeah. you hear me <laughs> that's we should talk about that scene too that in, when, the in the car in the, in the limo and he's like so psyched to be in a limo I know like he's never you know. like he's never been in one before and he's just playing with everything and she's yeah. like stop with the radio and then he opens up the, the moon roof and mm-hmm. is like running like sticking his head out in New York City like it's such a blast
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and then um, and
0: listen she, to me I'm really vulnerable right now <laughs>
1: She's like throwing herself at him. I know, I know. And he just, he's not picking up on any of the social cues because he's a kid. He does, he has no, which the more you think about that is really creepy. I mean, it's funny for the purposes of the film, but the mm-hmm. more you really think about the re or the quote-unquote reality of that, it can get a little bit
0: like if it was actually well, that's shifty. well, not to fast forward, but like the last the part the end of the movie where it's like him and it's like he's back to being a child again. They just look at each other, uh, well, and I, that's so fucking weird. I'm like ew, because they're looking at each other like, yeah, baby, when are we gonna do it again? It's like, okay, now he's actually a kid again. Like, and you know he's a kid. He told you he was a kid, and you're looking at him, and you can see that he's a child, and you're looking at each other. well we like, were watching that, you yeah, were, we're gonna fuck again, aren't we? It's like. this is fucking weird. (laughs) This is so weird. When we
1: were watching that, you were just like, oh, this is so creepy. (laughs) I
0: know. (laughs) It was really bothering you. It's like I'm waiting for him to sniff his fingers like... (laughs) Stop. We're not putting that. Stop. 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 I mean, at this point in my life, don't, don't, don't play with the, leave the, don't, I'm really vulnerable right now. You know, and I, I mean, I love my job. And, he's all like jazzed about the fact that he's in a limo for the first time and she's trying to talk to him like i'm vulnerable aren't you listening to me and like they're on two different wavelengths you know for her it's like you know you're gonna come take advantage of me now because this is what happens with most adult men but like in reality he's just excited he's a kid he's just just, he's just taking in all the moments of being at this fancy place and being in this limousine and the, the radio work and whatever. I mean, and, and oh, it's got a moonroof and like he's it's the the luxuries that are interesting to him like rather than yeah. the girl like and, and he's
1: and he's not used to any of yeah. it and that's like part of the thing is that like as an adult as you get older you start getting used to shit versus everything's like new and exciting and an adventure mm-hmm. versus like oh she's like this is the company car like i'm I driving this all the time i don't give a shit it doesn't mean anything to her that they're riding around in a limo to him it's like blowing his fucking mind right the, oh my god we're in a limo this is so cool we can go get well, she's the one that
0: said she's like i've got a car if you want to get out of here and it's like Come to find out, yeah, I've got yeah. a limo. Like, oh, it's a company car. So
1: it's funny because now they get back to his apartment and like she's ready to ride the D train. She's mm-hmm. she she's thinking this is D-T-F. where it's going, you know. And he's just like, <laughs> Hey, come check this out. My 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 Pepsi machine, you can just you can just throw a ball at it. It's rigged up. You don't even need quarters. You can get a Coke if you want it. Like or or say Coke or Pepsi, whatever the fuck it is. But then it's like, I got I got pinball, I got this trampoline, and then it's the whole thing like where they're jumping around on the trampoline. It's like that scene's really funny because um it starts out where like he wants her to get on the trampoline and she's looking at it like, oh, is this like part of the foreplay? Like mm-hmm. he's he's like going to pick her up and she's like, ooh, she's like making these weird faces and then he <laughs> literally he just pulls her onto the trampoline like 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 he would pull on like his 12 year old friend yeah. you know? and it's like alright let's just jump around this is f-, yeah. and and, and it, then
0: you see her getting in touch with her and her child too it's like right. they get lost and that's the whole thing it's supposed to be like oh just be a kid well again then, but
1: by the end by the end like when now they're going to bed and they have, he has the bunk beds uh-huh. and she's laying there like you were the one that was like oh look she's got the jersey on like uh-huh. she's waiting for I him know. and he jumps up into the top bunk and she's like what the like, this really, it's not going down he's like
0: here take a glow in the dark ring and yeah he's, he's like, doing like right. pick a
1: hand pick a hand <laughs> and he's, he's like it's a glow in the dark compass. And then she's kind of, she's kind of endeared to the fact that, oh, this guy didn't try to make the move on me tonight. Like this guy was just playing with, we were just having fun. We were just mm-hmm. being together and she's not used to that. Sort so. of like the innocence of what a first yeah, date could be Right. Something. And then I guess, I don't know, then I guess in a weird way it kind of makes sense like, She's an older woman who I don't know. There's no way to talk about it without it being creepy. But like, she's an older woman. Well, maybe woman, on
0: like some level, she almost knows that he's younger. Like, okay, this, or inexperienced or not. There's something about this. that almost feels like I'm with a child, <laughs> and it and it takes that, you out of the moment. Like, oh,
1: but that should be a turnoff. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, then again, it's 1988. This is no, a much. But, it's a much simpler time. It's not the. It's not the news headlines of, like, the teacher who had sex with, you know, the eighth-grade student. Like, we we didn't have that back then. I mean, maybe it was happening, but it certainly wasn't being reported or, or heard about in, in, in the way that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, but I think
0: it's also supposed to be, like, too, it's like you could fall in love with the sincerity and the, the innocence, the humility yeah. of yeah. being a child or just, you know... That part of it, like he's so unpretentious, yeah. Compared to all the other, men. like in some way, it's not even just the childlikeness of it, but like the innocence of him is endearing to her. That like, she's not used to it, the wholesomeness,
1: and it and it's and it's it's a good counterbalance to her who has become a kind of like this. Um, I don't know how to how to explain it. Like she's she's become so immersed in the corporate world that she's probably
0: a little bit cynical.
1: Yeah, she's become, and this is a way for her to kind of harken back to to who she really is inside. Right. right. So it's, it's a nice it's a nice Well it's <laughs> like the
0: thing where it's like when he's first introduced into the workplace it's like her and her boyfriend what's his, what's his name in Sopranos? Vin, Vin McKazian. And Vin McKazian. Like they're both basically making fun of him like how goofy he is and dorky and the shit he does and it's like she's also kind of interested in him and intrigued like, wow. by him but like yeah. Well there's
1: the whole scene the whole The whole scene where, where she probably wouldn't I don't get that. it where he's like I don't get it.
0: And she's kind of like smiling. And
1: and he's looking at it Vin McKazian's looking at it like he's fucking with me right now in front of the boss and what he's really doing is like I'm a little kid and, and you're giving get, me it a so skyscraper
0: that turns into a robot yeah. so what
1: I'm trying to give you an actual suggestion for something that might make the toy more fun for a kid mm-hmm. and this guy thinks it's like an attack because he's like throwing all these marketing terms and all of this like you know consumer Science, research at yeah. him and he's just like well what if it was a bug instead of a building a building's not fun if it's a, a bug a super
0: it's mother bug sorry I'm
1: gonna have to edit that okay. in there <laughs>
0: I am the super mother bug. I am the
1: super mother
0: bug. Oh, my God.
1: Um, But like, and she's looking at it and then he's all up and then he's afterwards. He's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. He's like all pissed off. And she's like, he just didn't understand. He was looking for, another, you know, he thinks it's a personal attack versus her being like, he's actually just an interesting guy who's mm-hmm. looking at it like a toy and right. trying to think from a kid's His perspective. perspective is different than ours it's um all that stuff rings and again this is all due to tom hanks's character like like really making it feel like you understand the whole time you as the audience are watching you understand it's still little kid josh in these scenes it's not grown-up guy it's a kid who's just like i'm playing with a toy this is i'm telling you my honest opinion about it. Like, I don't know anything about marketing research. I just know what I know, which is Mm -hmm. that a building is boring. I'd rather it be a bug, you Mm -hmm. know? So that stuff is really funny.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So others, other smaller favorite scenes. Uh, Oh yeah. I like, I like
0: when his best friend who goes, I'm three months older than you asshole. (laughs) Cause it's like his little his friend who the other little kid who's his friend and Billy it's like Billy yeah exactly and then it's like at one point he's like I'm three months older than you asshole it's like don't you forget I'm actually yeah. older than you you, you know what know?
1: Was, you know what I liked about there and I wrote this down as like part of the so I I thought what was kind of cool about their relationship is that their relationship obviously it it changes as time goes on mm-hmm. and I thought this was kind of like a maybe not so subtle but uh, but something that they were purposely trying to do is that their relationship goes from being friends like. Billy's in it. Billy's really the only character that's there trying to help Josh But
0: like it goes from being like friends when you're little kids to friends when you're an adult. And but you not a, don't but have time for them anymore. That's that's very and true. And it's so sad, but it's true. When that's it, very it does, true. you get you get that. It's like, oh, I can't do it. I gotta I gotta go. It's like why? It's like he doesn't want to say, and then it's like I gotta well, hang out uh, with this chick. Well, and then and then like five minutes later it was a scene she's like, I'm his girlfriend. It's like, oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know. But even more than, than that, that's that's a shit. really
1: that's a really good point. But even more than that, I would even say like their their relationship goes from being friends to almost in a weird way, kind of like a father. Son thing where where he he's kind of like the typical dad who's too wrapped up in his work or his adult life to spend time with the son. Mm -hmm. So like when Billy's showing up and he's like, I got a deadline, I can't talk to you right now. Mm -hmm. It's almost kind of like the way that you know a a a shitty parent Mm -hmm. can treat their kid when they're more wrapped up in their career. Yeah, cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Some some other favorite scenes like smaller scenes that I think are really great I love the job interview when he first does the job interview um George and it's Washington like moon. and it's yeah that whole thing where he he confuses George Washington with like the middle school that he mm-hmm. goes to versus you mm-hmm. know the college the 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 university um the when he's like oh you, you missed a couple of Numbers on you, he, like Billy gives him his locker combination. Your son combination. can stay here.
0: Yeah, son, wait for me. Hmm.
1: Yeah, but 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 then when Billy gives him, it's, his, I know he's like you got l-
0: two, le- you got two numbers missing on your social security. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> He just
1: throws out like a random bullshit number. It is missing, and him. then he's when 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 Elizabeth Perkins first walks in, and there's like like he's very unsubtly kind of like checking out her ass because she's leaning over the table. And then at one point, well, he
0: sees her bra, or whatever.
1: Yeah, but he's like he's and then and then like at one because his
0: friend was just talking about yeah. that. if She leans in the right way, you can see her bra. Or and
1: then at one point, he's um she's like l- l- complaining about the person who works in data entry. He's like she's getting married. she right, right, like hyphenates. Sometimes hyphenate. she spells the hyphen, and he's in the background like <laughs> like he's just laughing <laughs> at everything. Because it's like funny, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just again, it's just him playing it so perfectly. Um, the bank teller scene, the you know one hundred eighty-seven dollars, and then when the bank teller is asking him, "How do you want the denominations? Like, how do you want the money?" He has to like go in a huddle with Billy, it's and like, they're like talking. He's three like, dime, yeah. He's like, "I want, I want eighty-seven dollar bills and a and a hundred dollar bill, like because it's a hundred dollar bill is dope, and they need and the ones. They need all the ones for for probably going to the arcade, yeah, or which a is awesome." Um, and then the I don't get it scene, which is awesome, which is we already talked a little bit about it. What else you got?
0: Um, I'm a child, Susan. Oh, well, that's fine. That's just great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he finally comes clean with her and he goes, I'm a child, she goes, oh, well, fine. That's just great. Just the way the, 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 she, she says that line. Her like, reaction. oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm a child, Susan, and I'm, I'm not ready for all of this.
0: Oh, that's fine. That is, that's just great. Well, you see what happened? No, I understand. I'm not ready to oh, make no, a Oh, no, no. I'm not ready to no, accept this. No, no, you don't I understand. Soon. I mean, I, I'm 13 years old. Oh, and who isn't? Um, and then I have my lows.
1: Oh, you want to do? Uh, should we? Should we jump at a low
0: Algebra. I used to do algebra and, and I put fart, fart sounds. Yeah, exactly. Like, how can you? Oh, I used to do kid. algebra. It's like, of course, you used to do well, algebra. Well, there's
1: the scene. There's the scene where, like, they're at. Like, and then, dinner meanwhile,
0: party. it's like, yeah, exactly. The dinner party. It's like, here, I'm gonna go upstairs. Now, granted, look at it from the outside perspective. Like, he's a grown man. You don't. You don't. Yeah, we know he's a kid, but like, anyone at that dinner party wouldn't necessarily know that he's a kid. So it's like, this looks like a grown man. Who's like, here, let me go help your fucking 12 year old son with his but algebra homework in his room. See you later. Like. Who the fuck are you going to my son's but, room? Like- <laughs> but if you, if you
1: watch that scene, you see all the guys in that scene are looking at him like, what's this guy's fucking problem? I know. And all the women in the scene are Aww. like, look at him helping. Oh, He wants to get up from the... Di-. And the truth is, is he's so bored with the dinner party because yeah. he's a kid. He's I like, used to do algebra. Well, I'd yeah. rather hang out with this kid and show him algebra because I know a little bit about it. So mm-hmm. that kind of rings true in a certain way.
0: Um, and then the kiss on the forehead, a little lame. Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't at the end of the movie where he like goes to kiss her, and he kisses her on the forehead. I'm yeah, because like, now <laughs> she knows.
1: She's like, she's like, I can't kiss you anywhere else because <laughs> you're a kid. And now I know that, and now it's gross.
0: Wow. Yeah. basically. So. but that that was my two lows.
1: That's it. No, no L- other loading. lows.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So here's my only low, and this is what I think. I think this is the biggest low of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. But. I think any competent police department would have been able to trace where where Tom Hanks was in the movie, right So as far as his mom is concerned, he's been kidnapped by somebody like that's and they and they they go to the extent of like showing the cops are at the house at one point and you know she thinks she like when she sees Josh as an adult she thinks like what did you do with my son? So she literally thinks that like this Tom Hanks guy is,
0: The guy that took her son. Kidnapped
1: her Mm -hmm. kid. I'm like, any competent police department in the United States of America would have been able to found this guy because he's literally making phone calls to the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's calling her and being like, Hey, hey. Yeah, they can't. He's like, okay, he's okay. He's fine. Tell me something that... only he would know
0: what did i used to sing with you to you as a child you know. it's like memories <laughs> like the corner of my mind
1: and it's like and then only that then he's like literally it shows him at one point there's a montage where he's writing her a letter it's like I, they can't trace the the usps mail pattern where the letter originated from like what yeah. op- any any competent police department would have I been able know. to have figured out where the Way fuck back tom in hanks the
0: was 80s, the 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 uh, nypd wasn't on their game like
1: yes and at at the same time i really think that in the end you know this is a complaint that's coming from a logical place but like you something like this you You have to suspend you have to suspend disbelief you know with respect to a movie where a kid makes a magical wish on a carnival game to become a fucking adult oh actually another low i did have
0: too was i don't i I, I guess it's more of a like uh i don't know i it's not preferential or wish fulfillment for me it's like when you watch a movie and certain things are set up, you expect to see them paid off later. And like there are a couple of scenes in the beginning of the movie where it's that little blonde girl that he likes and the last one being at the carnival when it's he discovers he's too short to uh, ride the ride and mm. it's humiliating and that's when he runs off and goes and makes that wish but it's like you sort of expect that by the end of the movie that's going to pay off somehow or he's going to come back with you know this real world experience and be like the same kid but maybe be older act older or more mature for it and that's going to win the girl or something like that something's going to happen where he has that next chance with the girl and it doesn't pay off that way it's like it just becomes you know the relationship he has with the older woman and then you know he goes back to being a kid and they give each other those weird looks that I'm like that's kinda it's kind of creepy like hey baby we're going to do this again lo- in a few years <laughs> i don't know and then he goes back home and then that's basically the end of the movie so it's like for me i kind of i guess expected and feel a little bit disappointed that they didn't uh wrap that even if it's even if it's just a tacked on thing like the whole movie isn't about that girl per se but it's the reason that he wanted to be big in the first place i right. suppose that's a good point so why wouldn't they come back to that even in some small way to wrap it up at the end so you know, so
1: what I read, what I read and this doesn't this doesn't necessarily it, it kind of goes with what you're saying, but there was originally an alternate ending, which I'm glad they didn't use because what I'm going to explain to you is kind of a shitty alternate ending. But my, from what I've read is that there was an alternate ending where they show him back in school at the end of the movie. He's back in school, and there's a new girl who walks in and it's. Elizabeth Perkins. It's
0: what, but like a younger version of like her? Susan.
1: Her name, I think her name is Susan, right? Uh-huh. Where like she went to Zoltar and wished to be little or wished to wish to be a kid so again. Be- so now at the end, there was going to be a younger version of Elizabeth Perkins coming back to yeah, that is school. Pretty
0: creepy. It's like, wow, like the whole idea that like, wow, you just going to be the same age. Like, I know it's like you got to really nail the point home. Huh?
1: And not only that, it, it, not only that, it would have been a, it would have been really, a shitty. really want to be with a 12 year old boy. It would have been a <laughs> shitty ending. It would have been a shitty ending. But also it would go against like there's a great line that she says to him when he says, you can come, why don't you come back with me? And she goes, I've already done it and it's hard enough the first time. You know what I mean? And then she stops and she goes, you don't know what I mean. And that's enough. That's all you need is that she's like, I've already had that rite right. of passage. I don't want to have to do it again. You've been whose life experience. Yeah, and like you need to go back and live it yourself. Mm. Um, so it's a, it was a good thing that they didn't do that ending, but I think that would have been more of the bookend of what you're talking about of like, well, if something sparked him to want to be an adult. That, again, I think that's the, I think the biggest thing for me is that he, you know, this I think is kind of a, a fundamental mis- on misunderstanding about the movie, I've read like synopsises, synopsises, um, summaries of, synopsi. the movie, synopsi <laughs> of the movie. Synopsi. of the movie. And people describe this movie as Josh is tired of being a kid. He wants to be an adult. And that's kind of a misrepresentation of what the plot of the movie is. At no point in this movie is Josh being presented as a kid who's so pissed off that he's a kid and not an adult. Right. The only thing he wants is to be taller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's li- like I'm big. saying. Like, if he had literally said, "I wish I was taller," it would have been a whole different plot. The whole idea is that it's he says the wrong thing to Zoltar. Maybe and that Zoltar,
0: song was based off of this. It was like inspired. It definitely story. was. It definitely was. <laughs> I know because he never said, "I want to be older." He said, "I wish to be bigger." But I'm
1: I'm saying, I think I think people when they think, big. I think when people think back on this movie, they literally think that like there's a whole early subplot of like Josh being like oh I can't drive I can't buy beer I can't do the it's not like that Josh mm. is happy being a kid he's actually a, a happy well, maybe, kid
0: but maybe it's more the, the joke of like you know that age old be thing. careful what you wish for exactly so right. it's like you wish to be big well you wish to be big that can mean a lot of things and what if it means oh now it's, it's, I wanted to be this, but it took me way past what I even wanted to I do. I wanted to be big, but that's now exactly, I'm big and I'm old and I'm, it's like, oh shit, it's, That's exactly it's way more than I bargained for. That's exactly right. Okay. That's,
1: and that, I think, I think that's what people, in a weird way, I think people misremember this movie in a weird way. I think people really remember this movie as like, Josh was so sick of being a kid and he wasn't, he was a perfectly content and happy kid. He just said the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. To the fucking, you know, Carnival Wizard and ended up being an adult. And that kind of kicks into play the idea the, or the, the underlying, the subtext of the movie, which is, you know, don't be in a big rush, man. Like, being a kid's dope. Being an adult in general sucks. So don't be in a big rush to get there. Like, take your time and enjoy your life type of thing. But um, at any rate this movie i think holds up i think like watching this movie you know it's 1988 i think i think all these years later it still holds up as a classic because of tom hanks's performance because of the great script because of how funny it is and how
0: true it still rings true to yeah you. it's
1: very true i mean even watching it there don't are lose, there, don't lose your dinosaur yeah don't lose your dinosaur <laughs> and one day my dad said bobby you're 17 it's, it's time to throw childish things aside and i said okay pop But he didn't really say that. He said, stop being a fucking dinosaur and get a job. Remember that part of you that gets excited about stuff like seeing a cool movie or being in a limousine. Or or having a
0: fucking trampoline in your penthouse. Having a tramp.
1: I mean, if we had a trampoline (laughs) in this house right now, I'd be. We'd be jumping on it. I I wouldn't even. We didn't even have a podcast. There'd be be no reason to have a podcast. We'd be playing on a trampoline every night. That'd be the coolest thing. So uh, I love this flick. This is a great movie. And if you've never seen it, you should check Two it out. Two very
0: enthusiastic thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, Fine <man>. holiday fun.
1: <laughs> All right. So we're going to do the coin toss. Uh, as always, encourage folks to write into the movie high low at gmail.com. Send us your high or low recommendations or hit us up on social media. We uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us a line. Tell us what Love shitty hear movie from or what great movie you've seen and why it's a shitty movie or a great movie. So coin toss for next week. And it's tails, it's slow. So we are Jaws going four. another classic, another classic movie. <laughs> Jaws for the we Revenge.
0: Do deep blue sea, deepest bluest. My, like uh, <laughs>
1: deep blue my head is like a shark's. Deepest
0: bluest. My head is like a shark's
1: fin. So thank you guys very much for listening to Movie High Low, uh, a podcast discussing the best and worst of cinema. A podcast, a podcast discussing, discussing the, the best, best and, and, worst and worst that, that cinema, cinema has, has to offer. offer. Wow. You owe me a Coke? I'm Dom. And this is Dee. And we'll see you next week with Jaws 4. Adios. I'm
0: not sure we should do this yet. Do what? Well, I mean, I like you and uh, I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over?
1: Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top.